Hello, and welcome to the Vvolution podcast. Since starting in late 2016, Vvolution has been creating inspiring events for the plant-powered generation. Each episode of this podcast will share with you stories and ideas told by plant-based thought leaders from the Vvolution stage. Imagine having to leave your family every time you were having a period. This was Ruby Rort's experience when growing up, and later on in life, she would go on to create the incredible Wuka. In this talk, Ruby explores periods and shares how she went about transforming the experience of periods for women around the world. This talk was recorded at She Loves Plants 2019. How's everyone doing? Enjoying the lunch? <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, I'm Ruby. I'm the CEO and co-founder of WukaWare. I'm also a Nepalese girl. Um, been in London for nine years now. And um, yeah, I used to live actually nearby here um, in Queensbridge Road. Anybody local from Queensbridge Road? No? Near Haggerston Park. It's literally here. Um, thank you, Damien and Judy, for having me. Uh, it's honestly my pleasure to be here. Um, today, I would like to walk you through my journey of starting VUCAWARE and where we are at the moment. Um, so, as you can see, the presentation contains a lot of red. Uh, these are mostly hand-drawn by me, so bear with. <laughs> at the age of 12, I had my first Natune. Natune translates to untouchable, literally translates to untouchable. And growing up in Nepal or any Asian countries, you are untouchable for four days every month till I came here, till I was 20 years old. I was quite excited about having periods because I had two sisters, so they already started before me. Um, but the reality struck quite hard because at the age of 12, I also had my first chopadi. Now, I don't think many people here know what chopadi is. It's, it's a horrible social tradition where women and girls are banished to menstrual hut or cow shed when they're on their period. And this happens every month and still happens in far western part of Nepal. Um, I grew up in eastern part of Nepal, so we were slightly liberal kind of thing. So I only had to do this once. So my mom handed me some sari rags and told me to go to my aunt's house because I cannot be seen by my father or my friends or any male person in the family. So I was sent to my aunt's house and I was given a room, my own plate, my own bowl, and basically treated like I'm a prisoner. Now at the age of 12, I think for any girls, that's a horrible thing to go through. Uh, almost like a permanent scar. And it's very sad, um, sad to hear. Girls in Nepal still go through this condition. In the urban area, they stay at home, but in the rural like villages and stuff, they still go to cowshed and menstrual hut. It's illegal. Girls, I think every year three, four women die because, because of the cold, they are trying to heat themselves up, but the, house, the hut is so small, um, they inhale the smoke and die of suffocation. Many of the women 
and girls die, to, die due to snake bites. Uh, and there are many, many unreported rape cases. Um, it, it's just horrible. The government are trying to tackle this, but I don't think giving them a punishment is, is a way to tackle any kind of, um, these kind of horrible tradition. Um, I think people should be incentivizing, saying that, okay, maybe you'll get rewarded if you don't send your women and girls to the cow shed, and then they don't diet, rather than giving them a fine. Um, so I came here nine years ago. The problems still exist here. Um, before, before going into the free period, I just wanted to talk to you about like, what are the problems that girls and women face, especially in developing countries, um, and why they miss out, the, miss out on their school. There are, there are few, few problems. So one is because lack of toilets. There are no individual toilets in school. Public schools are the worst. I went to a private school and basically we had a common toilet where there was a canal in front of you. And then six, seven girls used to go to the toilet at the same time, squat, wee in the, in the canal. So if you have a period, that's like one of the embarrassing moments. So this deters the girls from going to school. The second reason is obviously reliable menstrual product. So I used rags, sari rags. So my mom's old sari, she, tore, she tore, tore it apart and then made it into a rectangular pad and I used to put it that under my, um, well, over my knickers. But the biggest problem is whenever you do sports, when you go for running and stuff, they used to literally drop on the ground. It's, it's one of the most embarrassing thing for any girl to happen. Came here, thousands and thousands of miles far away, and the problems still exist. There are a lot of campaigns around free periods about girls not being able to go to college, school, because they don't have any menstrual product. But when I came here and I went to supermarket and I saw like huge amount of menstrual product in the shopping aisles, right? You get like tampons from all shapes and like sizes and stuff. Got pads with wings, no wings, smaller for night, for day, all sorts. Um, the biggest problem was there were no reusable menstrual product. Not, not a single one. And I think it's only this year, they, some of the supermarkets started putting menstrual cup um, in, in, in the supermarket. Um, so what's the problem with the disposable menstrual product? At any given time, there are, 80, um, there are 8 million menstruating women at any given time in the UK. 4 million of them flush their, to flush their tampons and pads down the toilet. That's half of the population still do that. We taxpayer pay 88 million pounds a year to unblock the sewage system. Now, this is just the monetary side of it. There is a health risk as well. We all have heard about toxic sock syndrome with the, with the tampon, the fiber being stuck um, inside your womb, and then basically there's a bacterial growth, and then that affects our legs, arms. There are many girls who had amputated, like who had to cut off their legs um, because of the toxic sock syndrome. Um, so, lot, lot and lot problem. Now, don't get me started on the plastic because each pad is 90% plastic. And when they go to landfill, 
they take like f nearly four, five hundred to degrade. So if we want to make this our planet better for our next generation, we need to act. We need to do something about it. I, I then I started doing some charity work. So over these nine years, I've turned out to be quite passionate environmentalist, and I wanted to do I wanted to do something about it. So I joined some of the charities who were working. Uh, with women's health and environment. One of them was WEN, Women's Environmental Network. So part of the, one of the projects that I started was uh, environmental, where I went to one of the school, we did a pilot, pilot test, and found out that only two girls knew about reusable menstrual product. Um, I was sharing them my stories, just like I was doing then. Then all of a sudden I had this eureka moment, like, why can't I make underwear with those rags attached to the, to the underwear. So that solves the problem of any pads falling down, but also it's sustainable. Girls can take it home, wash it, dry it, use it again. So I came home and bought a second-hand sewing machine, um, bought some absorbent fabric of different types, cut my old underwear on the side and put on the YouTube and started sewing on my own period underwear. Um, and then after a lot of research into fabric, what fabric is best, what absorbs the highest, how can I make it leak-proof, I created Wuka. Oh, that was my, the, the pollution one, <laughs> sorry. Um, yes, Wuka stands for wake up kick ass. Now you must have a like, lot of bad story with the period, so I wanted to give a more positive note to it. And period pants, that means every girl can do whatever they want to. So every day they feel like waking up and kicking ass. This is, this is the underwear. We do one style, one design, one color, because there's only two people working on this. <laughs> so we can't, we can't do diverse product, but we know that it works. There are already more than 10,000 women wearing period underwear so far. And so, so far, the, I want to share some of our achievements. So. When I started WUKA, I put myself a goal that um, in, my, in my first year, I'll try and stop one million tampons or pads going to landfill. And in our ninth, eight, ninth month, we stopped more than 1.3 tampons and pads going through landfill. Thank you. That was, that was like the, the biggest joyous moment. And now we have, for the next year, we have put our target to five million and we would love to reach that. That is from people converting from disposable menstrual product to reusable menstrual product. If you wear one VUCA, that replaces 100 tampons, so you are already doing better for the planet, also better for your health. In, in this first year, we also won a couple of awards, um, so that was quite nice. I think so. <laughs> really, really enjoyed it. Um, Something to take home. There is still a lot of embarrassment and shame around period. So first thing what you can do is start the conversation at home, at your workplace, with your colleague. Let's end any kind of period shame. And give a, give a try to a reusable menstrual product. There are tons out there. You, you can use cups, you can use cloth pads, you can use underwear. There is no one product that fits everybody, so you should give it a try, mix and match, but do something about it so that we can make this planet better for our next generation to come.
Thank you so much for listening. Hope you had a good evening. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us some positive feedback on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. By doing this, you'll be helping get messages about inspirational, positive, plant-powered living into people's earbuds. Till the next time, take care, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon.